Welcome back to the Travels with Dante podcast. I'm here with Father Branson. We are traveling along in anti-purgatory. We've just left the souls of those who died by violence, the loss of the late repentance, and now we're getting into three cantos, cantos six, seven, and eight. We'll meet a fellow uh, Virgil, and then we'll meet the, the kings of old, and I guess current for Dante. So first off, Dante starts with this, <laughs> this great little metaphor about guys who play dice. Yeah, and then finishing up there, like leaving, like the the sorrow and like departing after playing dice, and then yeah, like going their separate ways, and that here too, like they need to leave, and so they leave behind this crowd, and again, like all these moments of like encountering people and it being a joy, and that's part of the Christian life too, of like the other is a gift, but very often with when we're like trapped in sin or like our selfishness, someone comes and we're like, ugh, like don't bother me, right? Like mm. I'm busy. Anyway, and there's this moment of actually of talking about like all those shades who prayed that others pray to speed them on their way to sanctity. So again, talking about like asking people to pray for them and intercede for them. And actually like Dante asks Virgil because at one point in the Aeneid, when Aeneas is in the underworld, there's a guy who was actually like Aeneas's warman, his very close friend who asks Aeneas to like pray that his body may be found and he may be buried. And Sybil, who is like Aeneas's guide, his version of Virgil, rebukes this guy because she says, you, you can't change the will of the gods. Like, why do you think your prayer would change the fates? And so Virgil is, takes this moment to like correct Dante. Yeah, because Dante is basically using Virgil's verse yeah. and basically saying, you didn't actually believe in the efficacy of prayers. Mm-hmm. And Virgil's like, well, like you have to look at like, you have to understand my text like plainly. But he says, like, yeah, like, theirs couldn't because one's sins could not be recompensed by prayer for prayer was separated from the Lord, meaning, like, they right. didn't know who God is. Yeah, which is, like, the difference between what the pagan conception of prayer is versus, like, what our understanding of what prayer actually is. Exactly. And then actually in this, so he's like, look, you will get a deeper answer to this. Like, you will understand more later from Beatrice. Like, mm-hmm. Beatrice, the woman you loved who has died, you will meet her on the mountaintop. He says... So deep a question never rests unless she gives the answer, who will be a light of truth to shine upon your mind. Right. You may not understand me, Beatrice, for you will see her at the mountaintop. And then Dante's like, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I love her, so let's keep moving. But I think it's good to like, talk a little bit about like what prayer is. Because like in antiquity, the point of prayer was to like appease the gods. The gods who were like very emotional and like very given to up to passions themselves who would like, you know, crash ships and cause wars and like turn people into magpies just when they didn't get their way. And if they wanted something, they took it. So it was always an exchange system of like, I give you this, you give me that. Mm -hmm. Which is counter to like what our understanding of what prayer is, which is like, it's a it's a crying out, it's a beseeching, but it's given by a God who loves freely and loves his children. Yeah, so not an, like a, a system of exchange, but a relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. From so, slaves to sons. Yeah, exactly. And that's part of this journey as well. So immediately after this, so they're walking along, and they run into this person, and they're like, where are you from? And he says, like, Mantua. And so Virgil's like, we share one country, you of Mantua. This other person says that. And it's Sordello, the poet, and like a poet of battle and courage and like really like upholding those things. Gotcha. So and, like uh, Tennyson, like is a poet we would compare him to? I mean, sure. So yeah, Sordello is the Italian Tennyson. Cool. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> half a league, half a league, half a league on. Anyway. <laughs> but like this is actually kind of a beautiful moment that becomes an invective because Sordello is so pumped to hear Mantua 
that he runs up and embraces Virgil. And actually, like, in this Dante says, ah, Italy, you slave, you inn of grief. And it comes to this, like, moment of actually, like, down-talking Italy of that time a lot. Because he's like, that noble spirit felt a love so warm, just from the sweet sound of his country's name, he ran to greet his townsmen even there. Mm. And so he's like, look, like, like there was something so good here that one hears the name and embraces the other as a fellow countryman. So now it's like, look what, what you've become, Italy. Like, yeah. look at what, like, how you've divided yourself and destroyed yourself. So this, like, long, basically the rest of Canto Six is him talking about the sorrows and the, like, corruption of Italy. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot it, of it goes back to his political philosophy, like the idea of a need for like a source of unity. There needs to be someone who can like bring together all these disparate people. And that it, like without that, it actually brings so much instability, right? Like you need the stability of a leadership. So he's like, how many times in one's memory have you changed laws, coins, customs, offices, and got yourself a brand new citizenry? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in each town with tyrants. How many people like decline a good position, even if they're fit for it? And how many people are willing to like take that up? Like the whole idea is... Like, a leader ought to be someone who's, like, is chosen. And we're going to see more about this, actually, in, like, as you go into Canto 7, because the ones we are actually going to meet is we're in what's called, like, the Valley of Princes. And so even, like, this invective, like, is there for a reason, because we're going to go into the Valley of Princes, and it's the late, it's the last group of late repenters, and it's those who are preoccupied with temporal affairs, with cares of state. So it's those that were like, yeah, like, that's all well and good, but I have to, like, take care of, like, governing like I can't worry about my spiritual life like we need to like take care of things here we need to be practical we need to be realistic so almost you've got like the extreme like Martha's of like the story of like Martha and Mary yeah right the workaholics exactly and so like we're gonna see something about that and the effect that it has in Italy mm-hmm. so Sordello is like who are you like you're from Mantua but who are you and Virgil says like who he is that he is the poet Virgil and he says like this fault alone have lost me heaven. I did not have the faith. Yeah. Right. Um, again, this tragedy of like, he did everything else right, but didn't like say yes to the mystery to God in the way that God could reveal himself. And then like, but Sordello is so happy that, and like amazed and like so grateful that it's Virgil that he actually like falls to his knees and talks about like the beauty of like Virgil. And I think there's something here uh, as well of like recognizing like, yeah, like the good, the true, and the beautiful, like point towards God, yeah. right? Even if another person doesn't follow that dynamic, it can actually lead them. And actually, like Augustine started to read the Bible again because he was so moved by Cicero and like the beauty of it and the coherence. He's like, all right, there actually has to be something more, right? right? And so like, and there's a number of like secular authors that I think awaken one to like, that there has to be something greater. Yeah, I mean, look at the phenomenon of, like, Jordan Peterson, right? Like, how many, like, thousands of people have, uh, like, attributed him, even though, like, he doesn't subscribe to, like, a particular religiosity, like, have ascribed their returning to the faith through him. Yeah, or even, like, so for me, like, David Foster Wallace, Mm -hmm. uh, the writer who was not necessarily, like, a man of faith, right? But I think, like, points to the need for God to, like, reveal himself in a profound way. So he's, like, and we're going to meet later on Statius, who converts because of Virgil. Yeah. But in this part, though, like, again, Virgil's saying, like, heaven has brought him here. It's basically, like, the power from heaven, like, God who has got him to this point. He says, like, nothing I did but what I left undone condemns me to the losing of that sight of the high sun you yearn for all unknown to me until too late. And then, like, I dwell with the others who were never robed in the three holy virtues, but follow faultlessly the four they knew. 
So they followed the cardinal virtues that we heard about from Cato at the beginning, like the four stars that are shining down right now, but not faith, hope, and love. Right. But you're actually going to see the four stars of Cato, so prudence, fortitude, temperance, and justice, and justice be replaced with three stars, meaning the theological virtues, faith, hope, and love. Like that's going to happen a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is like Virgil's like, we can't go any farther because it's nighttime. And there's actually like an order to purgatory and no one can go up the hill at night. Right. So if you think about even like, there's something here about like the chaos of sin that like what sin does is we live like a, a disordered life. Not only that, but like there's no schedule to it. There's no rhythm to it. You know, staying up all night and then like sleeping. So like there's no like order. Yeah. And like if you remember in hell, like there was just no sense of time. Yeah, you just keep going. You don't know what's what except by Virgil being like the hour is late. Let's go. But here you actually have a sense of time of like you travel during the day. You pray the liturgy, the hours, like you sing together and like you rest at night. Mm-hmm. So it's part of like even like the like ascending mount purgatory the like purification like you actually have to live by an order right you you live with like a rhythm there's this sort of like musical element to life and you'll see it here too of like this shade like sordello leads them to the others and it says like he hears this he sees the spirit singing the salve regina which i like i love this part and then also like later on they're singing the telucci's which like the salve regina is a marian hymn that like we sing at the end of night prayer Mm-hmm. So like I did last night, like what it's talking about right now. And and so it's like really beautiful, like this work 700 years ago, talking about people in purgatory and like living like the same experience I'm living. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it's so fitting that like what they're seeing is hail Holy Queen. Like these, these who are like rulers on earth are in purgatory, like when they're recognizing like the true regnancy of, of Mary, like the, the queenship of one who like submitted and said yes with her whole heart. Yeah, you're right. Like, it's super good. Like, these these kings and queens are, like, singing to, like, recognize the true one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, like, that's, that's a beautiful detail. So then, like, like the, a bunch of these people are named of, like, different rulers. And when you hear about them, it's interesting that a lot of the time when they talk about them, they also talk about how much their, like, children have, like, failed afterwards. And it's yeah. actually, and I think, connected to they were so concerned with temporal affairs and not their own souls, and this affected their kids, too. So, for instance, it says, Adokar was his name, a finer king in swallowing bands than Wenceslas, his son, with a full beard who feeds on lechering and lazy ease. <laughs> right. And then they're the father and the father-in-law of the evil of France. Like, you're going to hear, like, mm-hmm. about these. So they're, like, they're here. Like, they're going to go to heaven. But they're actually children did a bunch of, of damage. There's almost this sort of, like, snowball effect when it comes to sin. Like, I'm kind of reminded of, like, Brother Karamazov, how the effect of, like, the sin of our parents on us. Mm. And uh, I think, too, like, yeah, how common it is, like, the workaholic dad or both parents who spend all this time and, and they claim, like, oh, like, I'm doing this for you. I'm, I'm putting all this work in, like, for my family. But then at the same time, like, they, they miss, like, their, their children growing up until it's too late. Mm. Yeah. And so, like, and again, and, like, it's a great tragedy, and it, like, affects everything. And so now, in some ways, they live the effect of that, of that they pushed off what's most important. And so now God, for them, pushes off what's most important. Mm -hmm. So they're in the Valley of Princes, all, like, waiting and out. And imagine, like, especially people that are considered, like, very important, like, Mm -hmm. how precious their time is. Right. And in some ways, like, the true king, right, like, Christ the king, like, God, they didn't respect his time, Mm -hmm. you know? And now, like... They have to wait. And I imagine yeah. for someone who's, like, used to getting a lot of things done a lot of the time, mm. like, 
it's a frustrating thing. So then, like, now we're in Canto 8. They pray and, like, sing the, like, Te Luchis. Mm-hmm. And it says, like, well, all the rest with sweet and pious love followed the soul and singing the whole hymn, holding their eyes upon the wheels above. So, like, they're praying and singing and actually looking up at the stars together. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a beautiful moment, actually, of them, like, being united and praying. And then it has another one of these moments warning about like that something important is happening it says reader my veil is woven now so thin sharpen your eyes to look upon the truth so do you want to say what happens next yeah so right then these two angels come down who are like green and they come and defend this valley of the kings of the princes to guard the valley against the serpent so there's there's this monster that comes out and comes to like threaten the kings but like as this is being explained to dante like bordello continues talking and is like completely unaffected by this serpent which is like crazy coming out of inferno because almost every canto virgil had to like warn dante to like hide to like uh, to to run away quickly like there's always this element of danger and like that's the effect of sin but here we have these these souls in purgatory even though they're presented with like this serpent are completely fine and like completely feel like completely safe and trustworthy of like these angels who like rout the serpent and send him away. Yeah, from Mary's bosom they've come to guard the valley against that serpent whose approach is near. And think about how even this is in some ways like a response to them of being like, God's not gonna take care of it, I have to take care of it. Mm-hmm. Right. And here they almost relearn proper ordering where they do like they attend to like their spiritual life of like I'm gonna pray and then in this like God takes care of it. Right. This is actually like a response in some way to like the person whose idea is like, I have to like take care of everything. And we do have the things that we're called to do. And those responsible for temporal affairs are called to do them. Right. right. We'll the, see it definitely in like Paradiso, like how much Dante respects those who like are able to rule with this integrity, with this balance. Of like trusting in like the true God. Yeah. Right. And entrusting it to them. Yeah. It's good stuff. So then actually he runs it. So Sordell is like, let's go down and I'll introduce you to the folks and they meet Judge Nino. Mm-hmm. And Judge Nino is interesting because we met one of his relatives. Uh-huh. So this is Nino Visconti, whose grandfather was, do you know who it is? Uh, who? Count Ugolino. Oh! From Inferno. Man. And so remember, like, it's actually, like, Ugolino who, like, when he allied with Archbishop Ruggieri, was going against this Nino. Mm. And so, and actually, like, Dante's incredibly happy to see him. Noble Judge Nino, what delight for me to see that you were not among the damned. Mm. And it's just a great moment of, like, happiness and joy and being together. He had died this morning. <laughs> he, he's a fresh face. Yeah, he's super fresh. And then actually, like, he, there's this beautiful moment, though, of, like, when he hears that Dante is alive and here, he says to Conrad, he says, come here and see what the grace of God has willed. Right, come and see this like good thing, like come and see like, yeah, like that life, like things that happen are good and beautiful, and like life is meant to be like a gift, and like when we receive things, we're meant to actually praise, and I think that this is like really again like something we really need to take into account in the modern world because how much of life do we actually spend making things point towards us, you know, like mm-hmm. we go to like people will go to like famous beautiful works of art. And they take a selfie with the, the work of art. So the work of art mm-hmm. isn't enough. It's like like me and this. Yeah. So we make things like constantly point towards us. And we actually miss out on this thing of like praise. And so it's like, hey, like come see this beautiful thing because it is good that it exists. 
And then there's a moment, though, when Dante looks up and Virgil's like, what are you looking at? And he says, at those three lamps whose brilliance makes the pole burning in the south, the four bright stars. And then Virgil says, the four bright stars you saw this morning now have set, and these have risen to where they were before. And so, like, the three stars of, like, the faith, hope, and love have replaced the Roman virtues. And so, again, this thing of, like, and then actually it's at this moment when the serpent shows up and the angels, like, knock them away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's like when the when the three of faith, hope, and love arise. So again, we try to do everything on our own strength as right. it is, but it's actually through like staying close to like the will of God that we are taken care of. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, it's so fitting that like in the night is when we see like faith, hope, and love, like the theological virtues appear because at night, as it has been explained earlier, like no one can ascend in purgatory. Like you are, you're where you are, and you have to rest. Which is like calling to mind how like we're able to develop in these the cardinal virtues to a degree on our own, but the theological like it it has to be received like it's yeah. a grace and it has to be received. It is a grace, right? And so he says like so may the lamp which leads you, which is this grace, right, lead you still to rise, find in your own free will sufficient wax to reach the glittering heights of paradise. So the like lamp, the light is a gift, but then we have like the wax, mm. which is like our responding to it. Yeah, the fuel. So, so it's both a grace and something that's required that we respond to. Mm-hmm. Uh, beautiful. And then like actually uh, there's uh, the encounter with Conrad, Conrad Malaspina. And you want to say something about that? Yeah. So there's this moment here where Dante is like praising this family for their generosity. But the interesting thing is like, this is the family who eventually is going to like house Dante in his exile. And it's part of it is like a prophecy that like Dante will like experience his suffering, but also be housed by them. Yeah. He's yeah. Like I hear that you're generous basically. And then they're like, yeah, like you're actually after like a certain period of time. Yeah. Seven years. Yeah. Before upon the front of your own head, you'll find this courteous opinion nailed with sure nails than what the rest have said. Yeah, and that's actually like the end of Canto 8, and we're getting to the gates of purgatory. Great. See you next time.